Welcome to Time Bandits. Time Bandits is the podcast where every episode we go back in time 40 years to the year 1980 to talk about a movie and some music from that year. It's the Ruby anniversary. My name is Greg LeGrow. I'm talking to Dan Gorman. What's the score, babe? Uh, 1,582 fuck yous to J.K. Rowling, you mm. fucking anti-trans <laughs> bastard. Well, Get the well, hell out of here. Well-timed, you fucking idiot. Like, yeah. we need this, too? Fuck off. <laughs> go talking away to- forever. <laughs> I'm talking to Casey Lyons. What's the score, babe? Hey, you're breaking my balls over here. Me and my police guys are just trying to kick your face into your teeth. And the guy that you kiss be so mean to me. There's still some shine in this here. Look at this badge. Look at these badges. The shine is so good. <laughs> I got the shiniest badge. Stop making fun of me. Oh, <laughs> fuck me. Yeah, go away forever as well. Oh. God, the world is a fucking disaster. I remember the beginning of isolation. I was, you know, I was excited to have all this extra time with my daughter, and I was like, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this big pause will be good. Yeah. And here we are, yeah. and things are worse than they've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> have you guys been doing anything that isn't nightmarish in terms of uh, what we've been watching and embracing? Oh, right. <laughs> oh, those things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I must have. Well, I, well, I'll I go. did. Or you go. <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, Dan, Casey. shut up. Um, <laughs> I, uh, no, my, my thing is very quick. It's actually something that I was going to, uh, at the very beginning of this second iteration of the podcast, uh, I was going to talk about. Uh, it's just a song by, well, it's not really a band. It's more of a dude called Twin Shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm mm-hmm. really, I really dig his music. It's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, he's got a song, uh, and this is my recommendation. It's a song called Saturday, and it's uh, a song that he wrote and sings with Haim. Mm. Um, and Haim is a very big, uh, in, in our family, Haim is a very big band that uh, everybody loves. You, the kids love to sing along and everything. And this song is almost, got, it's definitely like a 80s throwbacky kind of thing, but not in like a, mm, look what we're doing kind of a way like it, it sort of comes by it honestly and it's almost got like a not like the the overtly synthy 80s it's like the you know jean jacket with the sleeves rolled up kind of <laughs> 80s you know like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say it's it 100% reminds me of of a Bruce Springsteen song but it almost lives within that 80s mm-hmm. like uh it's uh yeah it's just it's a really wonderful song it's a great song to dance around with your kids nice. oh, so this is the second week in a row that i recommended dancing around in the living room with your kids hey. i guess that's my thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so what was the song again twin shadow twin shadow saturday saturday, saturday yeah yeah okay I am picking a movie for this week for something that I watched. It is from 2016, and it is called The Trust. Oh, yeah, Nick Cage. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to see that. This is Nicolas Cage and Elijah Wood. Um, Oh, yeah, I heard that was great. Yeah, so if you go and look up this movie, like Google it or go to IMDb or anything, the the poster is like Nicolas Cage walking with a a police bag, and Elijah Wood's got a gun, and it's like the most boring-looking poster in the world. And... (laughs) 
it's so weird to me because what this actually is is a really dark, quirky comedy about these two cops that decide they're going to investigate this um, this vault that they've stumbled upon that they think is a front for like drugs or they don't really know what's inside it. They just know that all these people have been moving something back and forth and nothing leaves this one place and so there must be either tons of drugs or money in there and, and, it, and it turns into like them trying to do this heist and they're weird and quirky in a dark way and it's really really funny and Nicolas Cage is so good it's like <laughs> super slept on Cage performance it's that like really good middle line of a Cage performance where he's leaning into like the kind of craziness but mm-hmm. not so far that it's not a performance right you know it's like he's still a guy and he's still a character and it still makes sense dramatically so it really really works the only thing I didn't like about this movie is it just kind of feels like though I didn't know how to end my script so I ended it in this kind of like roundabout bummer way and I didn't I didn't really like where it lands but the, mm-hmm. the getting there was a lot of fun and a lot of sure. there I, I thought it was really funny this is like super slept on for me so <laughs> I see, I gotta check, watch yeah it's on Netflix check out the trust from 2016 yeah. um, I uh, checked out I checked out uh, just just mercy with oh, yeah. uh, Michael B Jordan and Jamie Fox uh, Cineplex the Cineplex app is doing they, they have all these movies for free right now all this uh, black experience so it's all films uh, made by and starring um black talent and it's great uh there's a it's got a really good array of films on there you got everything from art house stuff and dramas to just some easy hollywood like uh comfort movies and stuff you know yeah. you got your right, remember the titans and mm. stuff on there uh, but and yeah some more current movies like just mercy which i've been dying to see finally got a chance to watch it and uh man is it good yeah okay <laughs> um it's, it's a true story uh and it's pretty accurate the only thing that they've done with um hollywoodizing it or i mean just changing it for a film is they condensed some time mm. and uh you gotta yeah but the <laughs> things that they've added in there or that happen don't necessarily didn't necessarily happen during this one case but they happened a little on a different case around the same time okay no, they never change any of the facts that have to do with uh, Jamie Foxx's character's case. Nothing like that. Just some personal experiences that the lawyer has on his way to trying to get people off of death row in Alabama. Um, and that's what it's about. It's a true story about Brian Stevenson, who is a lawyer who spent uh, his entire career and still going, getting people wrongfully convicted and out of death row. And he's done it over 140 times, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And anyway, so yeah, great performance of Michael B. Jordan. Another great performance of Jamie Foxx. Uh, it's an important story. Um, all the supporting cast is excellent. Tim Blake Nelson is outstanding. And uh, yeah, it's a great movie and timely. And J- Jamie Foxx is such an interesting guy to watch who came from In Living Color, you know, and in the later years of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and he's just has this career where he like can be in action movies or comedy comedies or Oscar dramas and you just buy it. It, it, There's no, his brand is every brand and that's amazing (laughs) because he's, he's so good at all of them and you could buy him in all those movies because he gets toned really well. He knows how to angle his performance for the, the, the genre of the film. And it's just a, what a thing to watch. What a great fucking performer he is. Um, I want to see that. I, I, yeah, it's really worth a watch. It's really good. 
I realized after you mentioned it that it was from the director of Short Term 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that was like, oh, I got to see this then. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of a fucking movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's great. And yeah, go to the Cineplex app. Uh, yeah, I got to do that. There's a ton of free movies on there. Yeah, uh, a lot of different eras and, uh, and, and, yeah, and a lot of different genres. I also watch Room of the Titans, but, you know, there's not much to say. <laughs> yeah, they won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a very. I light haven't movie. watched the game yet. <laughs> it's a very light movie. There's you know it has its its message is terrific. It just you know it's it's a Disney. Yeah, remember the Titans. Remember, Don't forget those guys. I, I remember. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. then that movie did its job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Just Mercy 2019, mm-hmm. uh, Twin Shadow, and The Trust. Things to check out. So how are Things to in do time? in Denver when you're dead. <laughs> how do you think uh, that movie holds up? Do you think that movie's any good? I think parts of it are probably still good. I don't I don't think there's any way that there's going to be any dust on Treat Williams' performance in it as Critical oh, Bill, because yeah. that is some serious shit. Uh, Andy Garcia is really a solid lead. He holds the movie down. I bet there's really good moments, and there's some probably really bad ones <laughs> that are very dated. But yeah, I know like Chris Rowe, I remember. Yeah. It's just, um, Tarantino-like. You know, yeah. Yeah, it was full on the aping Tarantino thing. But there was a couple of things of really good originality that worked. But <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of it doesn't. Maybe holds up better than, uh, what was that, Blood and... Blood and Concrete? Oh, blood and Concrete. <laughs> <sighs> that was a heartbreaker to find out that that movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun when I was 15. Oh, oh wow. absolutely. Mm. That's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. <laughs> That did like, not yeah. age well. Well, listen, why don't you guys uh, whip out your chest worms? Okay. Yeah. Again, they are oh, very oh, accurate. sorry, guys. That <laughs> was my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I am embarrassed. Also not accurate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hard to, uh, chest worms are extremely hard to navigate. But well, I'm sure we'll end up in 1980. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> okay. okay. Go. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Did you fart? This. I <laughs> know <laughs> that was my dick, too. <laughs> that smells like broccoli. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I have to go not be alive anymore. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> well, this, this doesn't seem like the 1980s. Oh, no. <laughs> Look at all the teal. Um, crude to be yeah, and why do yeah. I suddenly feel like the movie Blood and Concrete is awesome? <laughs> it's yeah. very good right now. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I should go sit and smoke some cigarettes in a coffee shop for eight hours. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah. if I get into a relationship right now, the ultimate form of intimacy will be trading uh, the garage door opener buttons. <laughs> <laughs> With one another. (laughs) Like a Seattle grunge scene. Yeah, well, listen, it's 1991. That's why you feel that way. October. 1991. October. Yeah. No 1991 had an October. Yeah, I know. This is full blown 1991 before in October. (laughs) Ten months in. Um, We could have seen all kinds of stuff in this special, special year. We could have seen uh, Ricochet. That's out right now with uh, Denzel Washington. That movie fucking shreds. It is so good. Yeah, it's a good movie. (laughs) Uh, we We could go see A Suburban Commando. 
also shreds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For a similar reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we could go see a little Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, hell yeah. Oh. Man. <laughs> there's, listen, try there's naming things. a movie that doesn't own. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, shit. Or we could watch Cool as Ice. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> well, four uh, for four. Yeah, it is. I've seen that movie like a lot of times. The cinematography. Uh, only one of those owns. movies has very large pepper shakers. <laughs> Listen, oh, yeah. weird movie. Cool as ice. The cinematography by Janis Kaminski shreds for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a strange fucking movie that is. I love it. Um, well, we didn't watch any of those. It's, honestly, it's the original Eight Mile. <laughs> <laughs> I've, well, listen, I've watched it more times than I've watched Eight Mile. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I'll watch Eight Mile again, but I fucking know I'm going to watch Cool Slice yeah. again someday. <laughs> easy, easy. Well, we didn't watch any of those movies because we had... It's been a rough time. We needed a little... Uh, we needed we needed something extra special. Extra special movie. And so we watched the extra special, always the best, Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Yeah. Now a boy with a special power. Born with the strength of 20 men. He was sent to a correctional facility where the laws of survival take precedence over the laws of man. Only the strongest will come out alive. The story of Ricky. What a magical film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. What's what the ride. story? What's the plot of <laughs> Ricky? A kid yes. uh, who is uh, just ripped as fuck <laughs> yeah. um, gets thrown in jail for avenging the hilarious death of his girlfriend. <laughs> uh, and then he just fucks everything up all yeah, the yeah. time. Yeah. He, and I feel and he gets emotionally attached to people extremely quickly. Yeah. Immediately. If you, if you talk to What's him once name? and then... Brian, yeah. I love you. If anything ever happens to you, I will murder people, Brian. <laughs> yeah. For every one person I like that dies, eight that I don't care for or don't know are, are gonna die. And, and this, this takes place in a, in a future where all correctional facilities... They're all privatized. That yeah. was like the opening crawl is like, yeah. you know, in the year 2001. <laughs> Which I don't, know why it's, I don't know why it's there. What does it do for us? I mean, this movie is so bonkers that I, at no point was I being like, hey, hold on. <laughs> is this thing privatized? That... Who, who owns this prison? <laughs> I'd like to know. Because we just accept that Ricky is superhuman in like the most insane ways. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but whatever, man. Because this movie's the great. When I saw this movie for the first time, I just sort of stumbled across it not that long ago, a few years back. I don't know, five or six years or something. I don't know. And um, when I I was about fifteen minutes in, and I was like, "This is the one." I have been looking for this movie. Yeah, my entire life. <laughs> the journey that I was set off like, on by Evil Dead 2 <laughs> when I was a kid, because my cool older brother showed it to me. Uh, I and I've been searching, searching forever, and I finally, then finally, it was Ricky. Yeah, the, seeing this movie for the first like, time is like 
is like a rite of passage. It doesn't yeah. matter when in your life you see no. it. You'll you'll always remember the first time you saw Story yeah. of Ricky and your mind oh, yeah. was just blown. Just, I saw it on a day and I liked it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fucking TL. Dr. I fucking like this movie. Yeah. Did you did you watch it after Greg had watched it and said like holy shit like this is amazing? Uh yeah yeah um yeah I think I, it must have been your recommendation Greg you must have recommended it on uh, CNN. Yeah yeah, yeah that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I I saw this movie on VHS. There was a. There was a rental place in Peterborough that opened up in the last year or two of my high school uh, experience, and it was like a cool rental place, an independent store, and they were going to stock the things that you can't get at Blockbuster. And mm-hmm. we went in there, and we saw this tape, and it said on it, like, featuring the head explosion that you've seen at the end of The Daily Show, because they used that as, like, yeah. your moment of a zen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, we were, and we were big into that like era of daily show when John Stewart was like hitting his stride and we were all about yeah. that. So we were like, Oh, we got to see this and fucking, yeah, we were just like, this is the most unbelievable thing we've ever seen in our entire lives. Well, it does so much right is for this kind of movie. It's got nonstop crazy gore yeah. and the effects are cool and fun while also being a little bit stupid. Yeah. And the same thing with the movie. It's like, it's got this weird, crazy plot and it's not winking at you. And like, some of the shit is straight up awesome. Like Ricky's like, he, you know, clearly knows how to do, uh, his martial arts, but it's also, it makes no sense. It's it's too crazy. (laughs) So it's like, it's got plot things that don't make any sense. Performance things that don't make any sense. (laughs) Action things that don't make any sense. Once in a while, it'll nail an emotional beat where you're just like, oh, that was sweet and made me sad. (laughs) It's the greatest movie ever. It walks all of these lines unintentionally and just, it's just a perfect storm. Everything lands. Everything lands. Yeah. And it's, I know I'm, I, I know I'm uh, in the vast minority uh, when I say this, but this movie is, if I liked Peter Jackson's old old work, it would be this. I can mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't care for Dead Alive, and I don't care for Bad Taste or any of it. I don't get I think it's all, all. stupid. <laughs> um, Try Dead uh, Alive again. <laughs> I love watching stupid movies I hate. You yeah. just watched a stupid movie that you love. <laughs> exactly. This yeah. movie is stupid and great. And yeah. doesn't have Peter Jackson's bad sense of humor. So, uh, so yeah. So it's that. Like it's it's mm-hmm. very much got that level of crazy, you know, bodies exploding and stuff. Yeah. And it's it's based on a Japanese manga, and apparently it's pretty close to what the manga was. And mm-hmm. it has that like like that walking that line that you were mentioning of like it's just cartoonish enough but the gore is still really like gnarly mm-hmm. and it it's just cartoonish enough in its in its plot and it's sort of like economy of just being like this dude's gonna beat up a bunch of people and that's pretty much mm-hmm. what's going on here yeah. but also in its ability like casey said to hit an emotional beat like the old man who has his toy for his child and it's just this it's the kind of thing that i feel like you could see in a manga where they could just introduce a character of a guy and he's tied to this visual identification of like he has this toy for his child and it's like that's enough to be like 
oh my god, now I'm emotionally invested in this scene where mm. also someone's going to get like their face sliced off. Yeah. <laughs> the director, Lam Nai Choi, he used to do a bunch of stuff for the Shaw Brothers and ended up um, working for Golden Harvest. He's got a bunch mm. of other movies. I put some of the trailers when we watched. Uh, right, they look bonkers. They're yeah, all... there's a couple of those that I was straight up into. Yeah, mm. um... Apparently, I don't know a lot about Hong Kong movies. I've seen some, but apparently there's this idea of like a cinema of attractions, which is basically like this idea of the movie is more about having a constant stream of attractions, like whether it's gore or yeah. effects, than <laughs> over like a narration. Um, and, and his movies are really good examples of that. I've seen one, The Peacock King from 1989, and it was so good. And there's a sequel to that from 1990 called Saga of the Phoenix I've really been meaning to watch. That was the, one of the trailers that in particular looks really good. But apparently Seventh Curse is really good too, which I haven't seen. But they're all very like special effects heavy, <coughs> Mm-hmm. Like not necessarily even gore heavy, but they're gory. But so, a lot of those other ones, like Seventh Curse and and Peacock King, are are almost like fantastical effects. But yeah, I I really want to watch more of this director's work. <laughs> Ghost yeah. Snatchers oh, looks yeah. really good too. <laughs> really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned uh, that uh, Ricky was like eighteen when he made he's this. He's eighteen. That's crazy, isn't yeah. it? Wild. Imagine um, being able to tie your own tendons back together at eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my friend of the of the show, Carlo, he knows a lot about this stuff, and he mentioned mm. to me like apparently that actor was a child star before mm. this. Also, apparently. Uh, one of the first movies from Hong Kong to get an 18 plus rating where it had nothing to do with sex. There's no sex in the movie, but you yeah. still have to be 18 to see it. It's like, oh, there must be some fucked up stuff in this movie. <laughs> and there is. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> one thing that's not, I, I read, I don't remember if one of you mentioned it or if I just read it, uh, it's the, uh, the warden, the assistant warden, yeah. um, who's always taking his eye out and taking pills that are inside of it. Yeah, uh, and being like, do you want a mint? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The pi- apparently those pills, he takes those pills to keep himself from hulking out into oh, the – when, when the warden comes back and at the end he turns into the big giant warden monster. So if you, if they if he doesn't take the pills, he'll turn into one of those. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. so uh, you mean in the – like in the original manga? I guess, yeah. Because that I mean, does not factor in any – No, theory. no. He just takes the pills and that's that and sits in front of his wall of porn. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and in real life is the father of the actor who plays Ricky. Right. Yeah, yeah, because they look very different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> whole thing with the fake eyeball and the mints was was one of like obviously the gore was a big impression thing on me. But yeah. I remembered that so vividly from when I saw it the first time and being like. There's something askew about this movie. Like he's in, he's got porn behind him, mm-hmm. and he's like giving people mints out of his eyeball. Like yeah, yeah. something I've never seen before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and a mint. you saw a guy taking mints out of his eye, and you were like, "There's something off about this one." <laughs> I can't put my finger on it. And it has <laughs> these like sleepless in Seattle. And the huge moment where you have all this violence and gore and weirdness, and then there's a whole scene where Ricky teaches a guy how to play a flute and then he just like laughs and dances in circles playing a flute song for like a while (laughs) it's a very sweet uh and touching moment where he teaches a a kid to play the flute and the kid is reborn through his love of the flute and then he gets have his face (laughs) (laughs) and ricky goes nuts yeah 
Yeah, yeah I, that's I, fucking awesome. I like that it like it not only does it fit into that cinema of attractions thing, but I like the escalation of the movie. Like when yeah. you first see this movie, you know it gets you know okay now he's tying up his tendon. Okay now a guy cut his stomach open and is strangling somebody with his intestines. <laughs> it's like it's going and going and going, and yet you're still not the first time you see it prepared for like now the guy is a monster Hulk. Yeah. Now oh, he's yeah. put into a meat grinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just—it's a constant one-upping of itself. And then he punches. He, uh, at the end, is he just punches a hole in the side of the prison, and then he's like, "You're all free now." Yeah. Like, well, he didn't. You know, the laws don't work that way. And aren't they all? Aren't they all criminals anyway? Like, yeah. they're in there for a reason. And also, Ricky. One- Wonder if you could have did that an hour and a half ago. Yeah, first thing. Save some lives. First thing. The, as soon as the first guy tries to choke you with his own intestines, maybe punch a hole in the wall and get the fuck out of that place, because shit ain't right. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that, for me, I'm at least going to complain at that point. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> Do you know what this joker just did? Yeah. I, and, and you know. Kill me with his guts. One of the things that, that is, is weird about this movie is the idea of somebody being basically like unstoppable. Yeah. Usually you would think that would make the movie less interesting. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not invested in this because, like, I know n- nothing can happen to him and he's always going to come out. But mm-hmm. no, the movie still works. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, because things do still happen to him like they can still bury him underground and they can yeah still... yeah and like i mean i think the fact that he has such a moral code like he finds out that they're you know if the prison is a front for opium <laughs> yeah <laughs> what a fucking movie uh, and then he goes nuts about that like he's in prison and he's like opium not on my watch friends <laughs> oh, so good um, yeah it's great uh, apparently it wasn't super successful and people and i think i think it was also carlo that told me this apparently because it was a manga, it was very popular with young people, but then they made this movie and you had to be 18 to see it, and so the fans of the manga couldn't go see the movie and, right. yeah, like, wasn't as popular as the director's other movies, which is yeah. and then obviously became, like, a cult thing. Yeah, and, but even so, like, it, it seemed like it took a long time to really make the rounds to people because, I mean, this is the only kind of movie I sought out for so long, and I, you know, talking to people who are in similar interests and stuff, and it, like, never came up, and <laughs> That's nuts to me. So, yeah, it's good that you got to share it with everybody as soon as you can. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very good movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and must uh, see for every, yeah. everyone. Everyone. One time in your life you need this movie. I was just going to say, normally in a movie, if I see a dog that gets kicked in half, I'm like, <laughs> I don't like this movie. Yeah. But I'm like, he <laughs> kicked it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. when you see this movie, you know, there there's a really great um, wormhole you can go down with. I've only seen a couple other movies like this from Hong Kong, and there's a lot of them, like Category 3 exploitation movies. But, yeah. there, you know, there's lots of um, Shaw Brothers movies and Golden Harvest movies that are just so out there. Um, that you can go check out. <laughs> so it'll be uh, uh, something that you can dive into for sure. Yeah, yeah. Did we learn anything? Ooh, uh, oh, 
I feel like I learned nothing yet everything. Mm. Oh, this is a hard, why is it? This is a hard question. <laughs> I, I learned what would happen if you if somebody was upside down in the air and I punched them as hard as I could in the head. The head. Yeah. Then I because I saw the X-rays of what the would X-ray happen. thing. This is very good. That's one of the best things of the whole movie. <laughs> I, I love it. That's so much. Oh, so good. I think. Oh, I, you know what else I loved? The, just a quick moment of redemption of I can't remember what his name is, but the big huge. Uh, yeah. Of the the eight heads of uh, of the are there eight four uh, the four heads of the of gang the gangs, of four like yeah the, um, the the big huge tough guy that gets uh, you know exploded by the ceiling mm-hmm. um, they just throw in just a little bit of redemption for him at the end yeah uh, and and you're like oh he's sweet he's <laughs> <laughs> gone now yeah yeah wow so uh, we got some uh, 1991 songs to talk about got a bigger playlist yeah uh, for our mixtape uh this uh, this week is it's a big year 1991 is a culturally significant year massive well, amount of it's everything changed <clears throat> yeah. it's the year the punk broke yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean but it, it, it everything had because of smells like teen spirit uh Everything changed. It was it was a there was stuff that was building up to that, but that was uh, of course the the moment. And it, radio formats changed. What was shown on music television changed. It, the whole face and culture of music changed in 1991. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, and like I mentioned to you to you in in our private thread, like. We did we did ninety four and that felt like trawling through a list of the greatest albums of all time, like mm-hmm. genre defining things mm-hmm. or even genre redefining. And then, mm-hmm. then going through ninety one was almost like that. This was when everything was defined, and then in nineteen ninety four was when the like ev- the doors were broken down and everything was changed again. Because ninety one is like here's all these like foundational records from all these genres, like the like all the big hip-hop albums and the underground hip-hop albums from 91 there's so much amazing stuff so many punk albums so many like uh grunge and so so many just every genre it seems like you can point to an album and be like this fucking changed everything yeah <laughs> yeah yeah who wants to go first with their one song they're talking about uh i'll go um so when I made my picks for the playlist, I tried to keep it to stuff that I was already pretty into and not think, because I, I trawled for a bunch of stuff and found some cool shit to listen to, but I wanted to keep yeah. it to, if I had to say something about any of these picks, I would have something to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I kind of cheated because my song's from a compilation, but I picked the song Coolidge from Descendants Summary. Oh, Came, it was a compilation of all their kind of best songs. Yeah. Um, yeah from that, like 81 that is to 87. one of the best. It's a long compilation, too. Yeah. It's uh, like 53 minutes and 30 songs or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely um, one of the best kind of uh, um, artist retrospective yeah. uh, CDs. Yeah. And the Descendants were so, so important to me. 
um, as a huge nerd <laughs> and also as somebody that enjoyed punk rock when I was younger and mm -hmm. it was like a perfect storm of oh this guy is a nerd and also a punk rocker and that doesn't have to be something that like don't coexist and also a yeah. physicist yeah yeah exactly and although you know some of their lyrics didn't uh, didn't age very well I, I still <laughs> I still love the Descendants I almost got a Descendants tattoo once and so wow. they mean mean a lot to me and Coolidge mm. is just such a great song from one of their later albums and just it rules and you know is a really good example of them being able to talk about like not being a cool guy but also it's not just a snotty song the lyrics are really well penned and catchy and you know they were able to be in other songs disgusting but then in another song be like super lovey-dovey you know mm -hmm. yeah um, they, yeah like some real nice thoughtful yeah uh, I, I've been playing a lot of Descendants lately but like family friendly Descendants I've been yeah. playing in the car like uh, like good good things yeah. and cheer and stuff like that that are like these really kind of sweet love songs that you can listen to right up uh, uh, against a song that's all about farting <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally so I yeah I sat in my room and listened to the Descendants you know so much and yeah it, they meant a lot to me so yeah I had to pick from this mm -hmm. just because I could <laughs> yeah man very nice good call and Coolidge is, is a fucking awesome song. hell yeah uh, I'll go next uh, I went with uh, Sunless Saturday I, uh, Mighty Fishbone nice uh, from the reality of my surroundings I put that I thought I put that in my uh, um, I don't think you it, did no you did yeah, I, I mean it definitely was like high up on the list but uh, yeah. yeah god I love that song it's so good I had trouble picking one song from this album I'm a rather wildly obsessed with Fishbone and have been since uh, uh, I guess right around this time in 91 um, one of the best live bands like I was like into them and then I saw them live and I was like well that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> still very few acts can even come close to what they're like live particularly in the peak of their powers and this is this huge thoughtful exciting unpredictable album that is racially and emotionally motivated uh the songwriting is fucking unbelievable and it's it's the closest thing you're going to get to the on album to the experience of seeing them live and the chaos of it i, I went with sunless saturday because uh, it should have been a big fucking song video directed by spike lee and this band just should have broken this year a lot of it was you might consider oh well they were you know an, an 80s rise band that didn't translate to the 90s but it's fucking bullshit because primus broke through red hot chili peppers broke all that shit broke through it just i, I, I feel they like they were they were in they were in that camp like yeah. they were in the camp with the chili peppers and with yeah. addiction and you, you know like they, they played shows with all these people and they were like one of those tier bands and I, I not to suggest that the Red Hot Chili Peppers is a good band but uh, <laughs> no but the, the, the I really think that Fishbone suffers from being too good I, I, you know not to just for what's everything's going on today but I think maybe too black for rock in oh. 1991 
you know? And, well, the thing is, too, um, well, maybe it was a mix of both, because, like, Living Color had a certain amount of success. Yeah. Um, in the 80s, though, they, 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 it was over for them in the 90s, too. Their sound was a little more dedicated to the 80s. Uh, Time's Up is 90, and then by this time, they put up Stained in 93, but to no interest, or and very little airplay, too, oh, for yeah. their singles. But yeah, like, this, this Sunday Saturday, the video's directed by Spike Lee, they have this insane performance on Saturday Night Live, and there's just no push. There's It's it's not on much music, it's not on MTV, it's not on, our, on our alternative radio, you know? And it's a shame, no exposure. And uh, But whatever, man, it's one of the best albums of all time, one of my all-time favorite albums. I almost went with so many millions, but I love the energy and ferocity, and there's all this, like, positivity and hope in this on a Saturday, but at the same time, it's really looking at the fucking shitstorm of the world, and they're always great at that, at this, like, upbeat or intense song that, like, you could almost dance to, but it's about, you know, the sufferings of many. Um, and yeah. certainly, I mean, it's it's no big surprise that uh, a song about, you know, the struggles of black people could be relevant today. Mm. But, you know, you listen to the, the, the words and it's not just like, oh, they were still going through the same thing. Like, it sounds like it was written about today. Exactly. You know, like it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy. You know, but yeah, I've never backed down and listened to Fishbone. It's been a constant in my life. Uh, I, I love that band. More than I can describe it. This, uh, I think, is my favorite album. It's hard to say, but probably uh, it's the one I go to the most. And this song is just fucking perfect. Just amazing. What a what a special song. Yeah, I um, when when I was going through the '91 stuff and I hit this album, I was like, I need to listen to this album more because mm-hmm. I, I I really like a lot of Fishbone, but I've I've never gotten super into them album wise. So right. like I like a lot of their songs, but it's just been cherry picking off of certain albums and stuff. So yeah. I was like, I need to get back to this one because it seems really cool. <laughs> it's a good starting place. The, the production is perfect. It, it has a timeless vibe as far as the production where some of the earlier stuff might seem a little dated, but you know, your ears are better than that, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> but it, it's a good, it's a good taste of everything yeah. because there's albums that came after this that were great and there's albums before this that are really great truth and soul is a perfect album as well um yeah the fishbone's the fucking greatest and uh, everybody should listen to more of them nice mm-hmm. yeah i gotta say i think for my money i mean i love reality in my surroundings but i think truth and soul is my favorite yeah i think so too <laughs> you've always been a truth and soul guy Oh my god, it's a perfect album. It's so good. Uh, so my song should be about, you know, it should be a, a grunge type of a thing. Uh, you pick like a Skid Row that, song or? Uh, yeah, from their second album. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, um, no, I, I picked a song that, that means a lot to me. Now, I, I struggle with this because it is an Elvis Costello song, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I'm i starting to think I talk about him a lot in this <laughs> podcast. But, um, but this song is very special to me. It's off of an album called Mighty Like a Rose that came out in 1991. Um, and it's a song that he played on Saturday Night Live. Um, I was aware of Elvis Costello very peripheral e and it would be many years after 1991 that i started to get really obsessed with his music but i remember seeing him do this song and the song is called the other side of summer
uh, and he did it on Saturday Night Live, and uh, he was going through some stuff, I guess, uh, and he looked like a... If you bedazzled a homeless person, uh, uh, he was dressed real weird and had a long straggly beard, and uh, uh, and, he, and, and he played this song on Saturday Night Live, and it's uh, it's almost like a, a Beach Boys pastiche, but it's it's just uh, it's this kind of real fun, sweet, bouncy song with this real kind of seedy underbelly. And, uh, and, and and watching it, it was the first time that I can remember uh, when I was a kid. I mean, I was probably, what, 12 years old. Uh, and, and I was young enough to be like, this this is very sweet and, and, and catchy, and I love it. This scares me also. Uh, <laughs> and, and, like, this scary hobo on the stage is unsettling, but he's unsettling in the most interesting way. And, and, and I feel like I've been sort of uh, chasing that uh, as an artist myself, uh, like ever since that moment so it was a real formative uh, thing for me and it's funny that it was before I even gave a fuck who Elvis Costello was and <laughs> right. he is uh, uh, one of the biggest uh, influences on me mm-hmm. so the other side is or check it out mm-hmm. uh, on your stereo <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> your tape deck yeah 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 i asked you off air but yeah. how do you feel about this album it's a spotty album yeah okay uh, the, there was you know around this time and and well into the 2000s his albums you know got a little mm-hmm. bit like the, the songwriting just got i fell out of step with um i find i'm most in step with his uh, very early stuff from like you know 77 to 84 ish yeah. but because uh, this is like another album of his where i've only heard like the certain couple songs that end up on like the collections and stuff yeah it's, it's yeah one so you'll hear super... like so like candy and, yeah and, and stuff like that uh you know there's some good songs on it like anything like brutal youth has some of my favorite elvis costello songs but you know, i don't know it's where the songs start to get a little too ornate for me yeah hmm. fair fair well that's three dope songs but and yeah it is many more to be found in our mixtape that are will be yeah. linked wherever you find this podcast and in the in the show notes yep for more of this is a very good mixtape yeah very good real fun I just want to clarify, in case anyone's going to get nitpicky, I used uh, Ice-T's body count for one of my picks, but I used the body count by body count version from the body count album from 1992, only because it's got, uh, it doesn't have the preamble at the beginning where he's being interviewed by the British radio host. Yeah. So it saves you a minute of listening to somebody talk and not do the song. It just cuts into the song. It's the exact same recording. I just don't want to hear any nitpicking. <laughs> <laughs> there, there may be yeah. some other nitpicky people out there, and if you think... Green Day's Kerplunk came out in 92. Buddy, you're wrong. It came out in <laughs> December of 91. So uh-huh. shut up. <laughs> All you greenheads shut out up, there. Shut up, people who listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you bunch assholes. <laughs> and another mm. thing about you. <laughs> <laughs> Chest worm time? Chest, yeah, get him out. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Now your chest worm stinks. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta take it to the dry cleaner. Yeah.
well, you can find us online at Time Bandits Pod on Twitter and go to Facebook mm-hmm. Time Bandits Podcast. That's where you will find our mixtape and our episodes posted. And you will also find links to when we watch movies together. Which is Thursday. every Thursday night. Yes, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, pre show around 8 30, 8 45. Yeah. Movie starts at 9. Yeah. Come join us. It's yeah. so much fun. Check, uh. check out the posts and otherwise, uh, what's our sign off? Cheese. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Yeah.